The Secret Room is brought to you by Murderbook, a new true crime podcast hosted by best-selling author Michael Connolly, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, be sure to check out Dark Sacred Night, Michael Connolly's latest number one bestseller, featuring detectives Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard. Thanks also to Handy for supporting The Secret Room. Handy is a cleaning service that provides an easy and convenient way to schedule and book home cleaning. To get your first three-hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan, visit handy.com secret and use promo code secret during checkout. Hey, what's your secret? I am a voracious reader who works for her local public library. I love my job. And my secret is that I regularly forgive my own library fines when I turn in books late. Oops. My name is Hannah, and my secret is that I resent my mom for something that I know she can't control, and I feel terrible about it. We're not going to tell you where Hannah is. Uh, Just the Midwest. But she's got a story for you today about the mother she loves dearly. Um, I am 35, and my mom is just turned 68. And in order to manage the resentment she holds for her mother, Hannah isn't honest with her family about something very important. Yeah. And you probably feel bad about the lies, too. Oh, yeah. Part of the shame of it is, you know, I'm, like, not only to my family, but to my friends. And the lies she tells would undermine the person she presents herself to be if they were found out. I I would be so ashamed. (laughs) This is The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to The Secret Room. Hi, Ben. How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm really happy to have you here. Oh, thanks. You know, there's such an honesty to your secret. I think it's a kind of honesty that is rare. It's something that, you know, I've been dealing with for a long time, but it's it's just getting harder and harder to act normal, I guess. I just kind of needed to tell somebody. Let's roll back a few years or many years and just ask you what life has been like with your mom as a kid and then as an adult? Yeah, um, I was actually adopted. My parents were told they couldn't have kids for a long time. They were married for 11 years. When I came along, they were very excited. And then very quickly, the next few years, they had my sisters. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) two sisters, and they're both biological to my parents. It was just one of those... (laughs) Like, I never felt outside of the family, even though I look nothing like any of my family. Right. Just polar opposites. My parents were great. My mom was great. You know, she was very involved, even though she owned her own business, um, which back, you know, in the 80s was very different for for moms. You know, not many of my friends' moms own their own business, you know, but she always made time for us. Uh, I was very... A very, very lucky child. You know, she just was one of those just genuine 
you know, loving people. Uh, and she still is, mm. but she's, you know, she always had this just thirst for life. She loved traveling. She loved adventures. And, you know, she instilled that in, in all of us. Well, she sounds like an amazing woman. She is. And what a model adoption, too. Yeah. You mentioned in your secret that your mom had some health problems. When did that start? We started noticing some issues probably around six years ago. She started mixing up words and she started, you know, running her sentences like just would forget what she was saying in the middle of a sentence. And we'd be like, Mom, <laughs> what were you saying? You just drifted off. She goes, oh, oh, yeah, this is what I was saying. So we just thought it was just she was stressed out. She had retired from her, her business, but she was still very active. And she was dealing with her own mother uh, who had health problems and had recently passed away. So we just thought it was just the stress getting to her. They decided to kind of get her checked out because it wasn't something that was going away. Yeah, yeah. When the diagnosis of Alzheimer's came back, it was very shocking. They didn't tell me right away, <laughs> which made me very angry. <laughs> it was months before I knew. My sisters both knew before me. And so I was very hurt by that. I think the thing that was just the most shocking was just how young she was. 62 or 63 when she was diagnosed. How many years ago was that? Four or five years since she's been diagnosed. You know, what was the medical guidance for her at that point? Since she was so young, they thought it would move very slowly. So she was just put on just kind of medications meant to slow down the process. When the diagnosis came down, you all must have just been crestfallen. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. receiving a diagnosis like that for either myself or somebody that I love. How, how did it impact you? I wanted to do anything that I could to, to be of help. I would spend evenings with them and, you know, weekends. I'd, you know, want to take my mom to the movies. After she stopped driving, like, I would take her to doctor's appointments both my sisters uh, lived out of town at the time. Since I was the only one here, I kind of took that upon my shoulders to kind of be a caregiver. After a year or two of doing that, I actually quit my job as a teacher, and I was with my mom three or four days a week during the day while my dad was at work. That's wonderful. It was it was a wonderful time because uh, you know I got to spend that time with her. We talked about things that you know we needed to talk about, like how she wanted things to go the rest of her life. How did she want things to go? She didn't want to be fussed over too much, you know. She wanted to live a quiet life for the rest of her time, and she didn't want us to go to any great lengths to make things better. I mean, we do we do everything that we can to make things nice for her and, and easy for her, and she didn't want any, like, special treatments or anything. She wasn't thrilled that I quit my job, but it was. It, I think she appreciated the time I spent with her. It got harder as time went on, especially when she started not being able to communicate as well. 
it was getting to the point where she couldn't find the word to say. She would be trying to tell me something and she'd look at me like, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm like, nope, (laughs) I have no idea. There was one time that she just, you know, got so mad at me because I couldn't understand her that she just walked out of the room. It was very hurtful. And I know that, you know, she wasn't, like, she wasn't mad at me. She was just mad at the situation. It must have been an impossible situation for her. I can't imagine the frustration you must feel when, Oh yeah. you know, when your memory is slipping away and, and you're... It's like dealing with a baby almost. Like, you're trying to guess what's wrong or what they need or what they want because they can't tell you out loud. You know, when it's your mom... It's just heartbreaking. So are you still caring for your mom at home? I am not right now. We moved her to a memory care unit. Uh, My sisters came in town and we acted like we were going to take her out to lunch. And we took her over to the memory care unit and we had been moving her clothes over and we brought her over there and said, Mom, it's time. And and you're going to be living here now. And she cried and we cried. Yeah. And then we had to leave her there. Sorry. Which was probably the worst day of not only her life, but mine. Um, uh, They asked us not to visit for two weeks so that she could get acclimated and, and get used to the schedule and start feeling like that's her home. Must have been an excruciating two weeks. Yeah, it was horrible. I can't tell you, Ben, how how depressed I was. Just thinking about her by herself there and thinking that we abandoned her. But you didn't. You found the best place for her to be. Right. And, um, I mean, but this is where my secret comes in. Hey everyone, this is Susie Lark, Secret Room Producer at Large. I'm here to tell you about a service I just tried for the first time called Handy. You're able to book home cleaning straight from the app or the website, so whichever one tickles your fancy, you can do it from either place. I chose the website. I was able to compare profiles and read real customer reviews to find the perfect top-rated pro to meet my needs. I got to the website, I entered some details about my condo, how many bedrooms and bathrooms there were, I was even able to pick which services I wanted, and they had prices for each service so there was no surprises. I got a text message confirmation straight to my phone and a reminder the day before just in case it slipped my mind. My service professional was on time and she didn't even judge me for being just a little bit of a hoarder. And when I came home after my service professional was done, the place was so clean, I actually thought I came into the wrong condo. Get your first three hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan. 
Visit handy.com secret and use code secret during checkout. Recurring charges, terms, and conditions apply. Visit handy.com to learn more. So that's your first three-hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan and visit handy.com secret and use promo code secret during checkout. Hannah's secret has a couple of different layers. She's going to break them down for us now. Here's the first part. I've only visited her four times since we moved her. How long has she been living there? It's been three months. Okay. I can hear the pain in your voice, of course. And I can tell that you feel like you should be visiting more often. Yes. Why don't Why don't you? It's painful. I mean, she's not... She's not her anymore. I mean, she is, but she's, like, not really her. I mean, she 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 used to be just so alive and vibrant and loving, and now it's, you know, she, she can't communicate, and she doesn't emote much. She just kind of sits there and stares at me. And it's very jarring and depressing, really. Do you tell your family that you don't go that often? No, no. I I don't think I could tell them that I don't go see her or I don't want to go see her. What, what do you tell them? I mainly tell them that I go during my lunch break at work because none of them will be there. Or I tell them I'm too busy this week. I'll, you know, I'll go next week. I'll go a couple times. But you're not really going? No. Yeah. I know you feel terrible about it. I can I can feel it. Yeah. And you probably feel bad about the lies, too. Oh, yeah. Part of the shame of it is, you know, I'm, like, not only to my family, but to my friends. I want to not necessarily portray myself as, you know, the good daughter that goes and visits her mom, but I'm always advocating for more research for Alzheimer's and I organize groups for the Alzheimer's walk and I would be so ashamed to be the girl who does all of this social media stuff, trying to bring more attention to it and then people find out I don't even go and visit her. I, I would be so ashamed. <laughs> well, I think it might be an expression of grief. Yeah. Everybody grieves in different ways. Yeah. You know, you're grieving the loss of the mother that you knew. Yeah. I have this thing on my phone where it says, you know, the worst kind of grief is the grief of, you know, losing someone who's still alive. Yeah. So that's how I feel. I'm, I'm grieving for my mom, but she's not gone yet. 
it's just horrible. One of your sisters lives in town, right? Yes. How often does she go to visit? She goes quite often. She's got a son and a little toddler. She takes my nephew quite often. I know that she's wanting to get as much time with the two of them as she can while she can. And your father visits as well? Yes. He takes their dog over every day. Wow. And so I imagine you have to be a little bit tactical to claim your visit times when nobody else is there. Yeah. As as the months have gone on, they don't ask as much. I think they may know that I'm fibbing. Oh, really? I think they kind of know what's going on, but they won't say anything because I think they understand. But at the same time, I don't think they would be very happy anyway. You're, of course, depressed about your mom's Alzheimer's. Yeah. Does your depression extend beyond that? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I've always kind of suffered from a little bit of depression my whole life. And so, I mean, this this might be obvious, but I just wonder in your words, why why do you feel you blame your mom for your depression? I mean, you know it's not her fault that she has Alzheimer's. And oh, absolutely. You even stated as much to me in, the, in your email. Yeah. You know, I was told my whole life that, you know, if you live healthy and you exercise then, you know, you'll you'll live a healthy life. You know, you eat right and everything should be fine. But, you know, Alzheimer's is a disease that doesn't discriminate. She never really, we never really talked about what it'd be like if something happened to her or my dad. The whole thing has just changed the dynamic of our family. How so? We delve into the second part of Hannah's secret, next. And we hear her sister's unexpected reactions that make Hannah look pretty good. Hang on, we'll be right back. Thanks to Murder Book, the new true crime podcast hosted by best-selling author Michael Connolly for supporting The Secret Room. In Hollywood on a hot summer night in 1987, a 21-year-old man was fatally shot during an attempted carjacking outside a popular nightclub. That's best-selling author Michael Connolly returning to his roots as a journalist, presenting the new true crime podcast, Murder Book. Season one is the telltale bullet That carjacking gone wrong started a murder case that has lasted three decades. Murder Book is a true crime podcast about the real stories of the American justice system, flaws and all. I had no doubt he did our murder. If it wasn't my blood 16-something years ago, what's going to make it mine now? Listen as Connolly explores real homicide cases not covered by mainstream media. Also, new from Michael Connolly, Dark Sacred Night, his latest number one bestseller featuring detectives Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard. Be sure to check out Michael Connolly's new Murder Book podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or at MurderBookPodcast.com. That's MurderBookPodcast.com.
Everyone has secrets, I guess. I blame my mom for not preparing me to be without her, if that makes sense. It does. She was always there, always, you know, a shoulder to cry on, you know, my advice giver, my my mom. And my sisters and I don't get along very well anymore. I mean, we're sisters. We fight all the time. But I think we all just fundamentally disagree on how to move forward and how to care for her and, and, and what we need to be doing for her. My sister that doesn't live here, she, from afar, she's telling me, you know, mom needs to be doing this and mom needs to be doing that. You need to be watching her weight. You need to be watching what she eats, blah, 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 blah. And, and I tell her, if mom wants to eat a fucking cheeseburger, I'm going to let her eat a fucking cheeseburger because she's earned it. And, you know, then my other sister, she just, I think she's still in a little bit of a denial. I mean, she's got a baby to worry about, and I understand that. At the same time, it just kind of, it's like, she's your mom. Like, give her the program. And my dad has kind of retreated into himself, which is very understandable. I mean, they've been married over 40 years, and his best friend is is gone isn't coming back. He doesn't really talk to me like he used to. I just think he's still trying to process. Sounds like everybody's dealing with it in their own way. Yeah. You know, maybe the unifying thread here for everyone in your family is just that all of your reactions come from the same place, which is a place of love for your mother. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody reacts differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so your mom's still in the memory care center. Yeah. Living there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's, she'll be there until it gets to the point where physically the nurses there can't care for her. The next would be full-time nursing care. I I think my dad would like to bring her back home, but I think that'd be harder on him. I don't know. I think I'd probably visit her more <laughs> if she was home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might. We'll see. Well, Hannah, your your secret was one about a lie that, you know, you don't tell your family Yeah. that you don't visit your mom as frequently as you say you do. And the other part of your secret was that you blame your mom yeah. for your depression. Yeah. But, you know, this is also a story of love. I'm really touched by it, and I'm glad you shared it. Thank you, Ben. Is there something that you feel that you've learned from this that you could share with the audience? Yeah. If you know someone with Alzheimer's or you know someone with a loved one with Alzheimer's, reach out to people. Don't go this alone because it's very dark and it's very lonely 
watching someone you love fade. Friendship goes a long way. I don't think I could get through any of this without the support of my boyfriend and his family and my friends because, you know, there's they're who are getting me through this. If your story encourages even just one person to reach out and help a friend in need in a situation like this, you're sharing your story on The Secret Room was worth everything. Absolutely, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you again for, for joining me. Thank you. That was really... I'm so, I'm so touched. I'm surprised I didn't cry more. I think this was really brave of you to to open up. Thank you. Yeah. I just need a moment (laughs) (laughs) to just take this in. Um, It's... uh, you know, I didn't ask you in the show. I didn't really want to get into it, but how, how I, you were so fortunate to be able to quit your job. Yeah. Are you going back to work? or? I have a different job now. <laughs> Hannah sharing pictures with us. See Hannah and her mom, their faces obscured, at the walk to end Alzheimer's last year. I've got a few pictures of her room. And see that picture of mom's room at the memory care facility, and also the cute fluffy white doggy that dad takes along on their walks. Those pictures are on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is Secret Room Pod. Making this podcast possible Susie Lark Production, Bobby Joe Valdez Street Secrets, and Chet, the sound engineer. Our music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Send us your story at secretroompod.com. Thank you for downloading your favorite indie podcast that could, now on Tuesdays. This is The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. Pod on. Pod on. I practiced that one. (laughs) My name is Hannah. And my dog just shook his head. (laughs) All right. You got to hold still. Hold still. Good boy.